0: This is a CBC podcast. Um well hello Aaliyah. Nice to nice to meet you digitally. Um uh, you are you're calling us from south of the border uh, in, in did you say Indiana? yes where is indiana i'm trying to think of my my g- geography here uh is it like middle middle-ish america a little more north
1: yeah it's like nice. close to uh chicago illinois so it's about a three-hour drive from
0: there sweet I, you know what that's exactly where i was picturing dude i always think as soon as i hear
2: chicago illinois i always think scruff mcgruff chicago illinois 60652
0: you know know that
2: yeah i do that one of the so i always like if i ever had to enter in a zip code for something i always use 90210 obviously just because it's one that i know um but then the second (laughs) go-to one is 60652 60652. Wait, That's a little hack. Was that
3: a um was that a was that a like a like a crime line or something? I think it was. No, yeah. it was was um,
0: he was he a, was oh, he a yeah. detective? I think he was. Was a yeah, a detective? <laughs> I Aaliyah, he, do you I, know I, uh,
1: <laughs> No, I have no
0: idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. See, I, I, I don't know Scratch why, why was I believe he was a um, he was either like a uh, yeah like a like a detective or he was had something to do with like fire safety.
2: Up. But dude, why um, did we get those? Says Scruff the
3: Gruff the Crime Dog.
2: Yeah. Why? Like, what?
3: the Crime Dog is an anthropomorphic animated bloodhound created by dancer Fitzgerald, advertising executive, ad council, National Crime Prevention Council, to increase crime awareness and personal safety in the U.S.
0: Oh, there's
2: our. uh
3: here we go. Do you think do you think that was an to
2: Sorry to like obviously we're going to talk about a lot of important stuff today. So sorry to like spend so much <laughs> no, time on this. No, no, no. This. this is
0: why this is why Aliyah's here is so we can get to the bottom of Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois 60652.
2: Do you think do you think it was an oversight that they were paying for advertising in like Halifax, Nova Scotia on public television?
0: <laughs> no, they weren't. They weren't. Brian, what it was is so this is the thing that people don't realize in Halifax, Nova Scotia when we would watch TV, we would get U.S. channels. So like when we would watch Fox, we were watching Rochester Fox as in Rochester, New York. So yeah. you would always get these like, like Fox Rochester. A Rochester Fox,
3: Fox, Rochester. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just because I don't that think was, anybody
3: on the news had that had that accent, but... Yeah, they did. Rochester dude.
0: Fox did. It was, it was like... Rochester. Rochester facts. It was really extreme. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> that's all fucking stupid, and that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we are talking to Aaliyah about uh, something that we haven't covered in a long, long time, which is uh, lupus. But there's, I mean, it's, this is layered. It's not just lupus. There's a whole bunch of shit we're going to be getting into. Uh, but, Leah, how about we start off? by asking you to describe to us, in your experience, what the fuck is lupus?
1: Um, lupus is an autoimmune disease. Uh, there's, like, different levels to it. Um, I, uh, unfortunately, I'm diagnosed with lupus nephritis, which is the type of lupus that affects my kidneys the most. And, yeah, so... um. I don't even know where to start. There's so much to it. Like it's. Yeah, I, guess, it
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess the first place we could start is uh, by asking, how does one go about? I I I think I remember the last time we spoke to someone who had lupus. It was like it was a real shit show for them to get diagnosed with with that uh, oh, with yeah. that disease. So what was what was the process for you in terms of getting a diagnosis of lupus?
1: um like the first symptoms that I ended up I that I got was like I got like a little bald spot it was like in high school so it was like four years ago I didn't think nothing of it because it's high school I thought it was like stress related um so I didn't pay any attention to it uh the second like type of symptom I started getting like the famous butterfly rash that a lot of people seem to get um of I didn't think anything of it I was just like oh it's just a sun rash um and then the uh the thing that like made me I actually like check into it was the seizures uh because that's obviously like very scary especially for other people um and then yeah that's when I finally got diagnosed but that wasn't until I didn't start getting seizures until like after I um got pregnant and I think it had a lot to do with my pregnancy because it was like There's already like, I'm already taking care of like a whole other human being. So that took a lot of strength. And I think that's what triggered the um, lupus to start acting up. And then uh, that's when I started having seizures.
3: So when we first recorded uh, the first episode we did with lupus, um, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that. So I ended up listening back to the conversation. And I remember listening to the explanation of it and going, oh my God, this is, this, this seems like such a confusing a confusing condition because of what Jeremy alluded to there, that it, it's it's such a there there are so many there are so many symptoms to it and it's very and it can be very hard to diagnose. What is the what is the most uh the simplest way of describing what lupus is?
1: Um how about I just go through like a week of having it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So like one day well, actually, this week um so Monday, um I felt really tired. still was able to like get out of bed and you know do what I usually do on a normal basis, go to the park um Tuesday woke up and wasn't really feeling too good um kind of stayed in bed a little bit, got up a few hours and got back into bed. Wednesday, I really felt it. It was like really crazy. I woke up, I had like a severe headache. Um, I stayed like on the couch all day. I didn't do anything and um, like uh, my bones like started aching. Like I could barely uh, move around with my leg. Like, um, and yeah, I was really nauseous. I didn't throw up until like later that night, later last night. Um, but like the whole day I was like feeling nauseous, but nothing would come up. So it was like, it was weird. Like it's a weird feeling. Um, and I feel really weak for no reason. It's like, there's like no explanation behind it. And it's kind of weird because it's like, I can't explain it. And I call those like my flare ups. Mm. Um. And I, I don't know. I just there's like really no way of explaining it because it's different every time, comes at different moments. There's like no reason of why it happens. Like it's nothing that I ate. It's nothing that I did different. Um, yeah. So I don't. It's really, it's really, really hard to explain. It, that. it,
0: it sounds. Um, fucking awful (laughs) is how it sounds I mean that sounds really not fun uh to say the least um and I I guess I guess like out of out of curiosity and and for like context when did when did all this bullshit start in your life like at what age were you when when things when things started to seem like oh this isn't this isn't normal this is off Uh, I think
1: it was I was about like uh 18 19 don't really remember a lot like I couldn't give you like the exact age because of so so much has happened over like the past three four years um but yeah it was around like in 2018 when everything just like seemed started to go like downhill
2: Mm. you mentioned that you um you had the butterfly rash and then all of a sudden you had the the seizures and and that definitely seems like a a something, a pretty intense symptom to have. So when you had your first seizure, uh, did you go straight to the hospital?
1: Yeah, I, I used to live out in California. I came back to Indiana to visit my family. And um, it was like right after I had my daughter. So I think that had a lot to do with like the stress levels and the seizure occurring because of the stress levels that I was dealing with um I don't remember it at all like there's no type of memory from it I'm honestly going off of what um my family has told me um yeah and I do know that uh after the first seizure I was um in the hospital for about um, a few days so yeah and then that's when like it were like definitely have to get you on these pills to treat
2: the lupus and so they they knew they knew they knew right away that it was it was lupus at that point they like put two and two together that you had these other symptoms and then all of a sudden you had this seizure and at that point they were like oh well yeah like we know based (laughs) on the symptoms that you've experienced that we're going to call this lupus and we're going to treat that
1: it it didn't really happen like that because um the first symptoms like um like I said, I brushed them off, but then uh, I started to like put two and two together. And that's when I was like, well, maybe this could be, this could be the thing. And then I was just like, no, it's not. And then when I brought it up to the doctors after the seizure, they're like, okay, yeah, that may be what it is. Um, so yeah. But, yeah. So it is basically what you said. Sorry.
2: No, that's Okay.
0: So you, you have your daughter and that obviously was like some sort of spike in, in intensity of, of the lupus. Um, uh, I know that, I know that your story isn't just about your struggles with lupus. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole other fucking avenue that we could go down, which is, um, uh, a, a pretty like a pretty hardcore, um, Outcome from from an infection that you had while you were in the hospital. So I, I guess like let's kind of let's kind of go into that into that direction. But um, uh, I guess before we like get to the the big sort of reveal here, uh, uh, trying to really just like in- intensify the the uh, what do you call that the tension uh, um, in the storyline. You're certainly um, building it. Building it up, building it up. Here we go, bubbling, bubbling. We're bubbling. Um, uh, Alina, what? You, what brought you into the hospital that caused the infection that caused the big reveal that we're about to hear that is going to blow everyone's minds?
1: It was another seizure.
0: So you had a seizure and you had to go to the hospital and and what was uh, I guess like tell us about that experience and and what happened from a result of that experience.
1: Um. Again, I don't really remember a lot. And Mm -hmm. again, I am going off of what I was told. Um, I went in for another seizure. Um, And I guess that one was more severe than um, the other ones that I was having at home. And I just would stay home after that. Um, And I ended up being admitted into the hospital. After being admitted into the hospital, um, I ended up catching a virus. From being in the hospital, but at the time um we didn't know that that was where it came from. I had just came from a trip from out of the country in Costa Rica, so that was what we kind of assumed um, and yeah, the infection caused me to um have my right leg amputated oh, all the way up to my right hip, um, wow. Yeah. What Whoa. was the
0: virus? What was the so so what did you contract? And and uh, like how? How did that how did that all happen? Like what was the did you catch a like was the virus I guess the virus was in your leg? What 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 happened?
1: I have no idea. And I uh, know mm. it's kind of weird that I don't know like the names and all that, but I just I I don't really tend to like look back at it. Um uh, it it's kind of something that I'm just like it happened it's whatever. And I, I know I am sharing my story, but yeah, I don't, I cannot, my dad knows it by heart, but I cannot tell you the name of it. Um, I know it was a flesh eating virus. I wasn't able to, um, fight it off. So it kind of ate at my leg. There's pictures of it. It's pretty disgusting. Um,
2: can you share them with us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, um, have them right now,
2: but yeah, you don't, you don't need to share them right now, but, um, but, um, what was it like what was it like finding out that you had a this like flesh eating disease or virus in your leg and then finding out that like kind of the only solution was to have your leg amputated from the hip Ooh. down
1: Again I don't even remember anything like at all
2: You don't remember like what you don't remember the moment finding out that that was kind of like the only course of action
1: no, um, is that
0: is that because you weren't conscious? Like, were you were you in no, in a coma or something? And then just like one day woke up and you're like, where
1: the fuck's my leg? Um, yeah, I don't even remember waking up and like seeing my leg missing. Um, the farthest I can remember back is just like dealing with not having a leg. But like, um, the way it happened was the virus. Um, I caught I contracted the virus, it ate at, like, my leg, and then they, uh, I know that they, um, tried to treat it with, um, Keppra, I know that, because I'm, ended up being allergic to it, and it caused me to have Steven Johnson syndrome, which, uh, affected my entire body, where there were, like, patches all over my body, like, for my skin, like, basically dissolving, dissolving, um Ooh. yeah, it was it's pretty disgusting. Um so yeah, and I still have like scars from that happening. Um I don't remember anything like at because I still have seizures um from time mm-hmm. to time.
0: So, was there was there like a you know, so okay, you're you're there's there's a Leah with two legs and then one day there's a Leah with just one leg. And I can only imagine that y- you know going through that sort of transition in your 20s um comes with a fair amount of of like recovery and and like learning learning to learning to live this new life a life with one leg um uh you know physiotherapy what was the what was that like like what was the journey of trying to navigate the world now with missing a limb?
1: Uh at first I was devastated. I like didn't wanna do any like it was just it was like a big depression, honestly. Um but um people say that I got over it pretty quickly. Not got over it, is it but like I, you know, dealt with it pretty fairly. Um uh and then, um, it took a lot of me out, um especially having a daughter. the uh, first thing I thought of was like this is gonna affect her more than anything mm-hmm. um it's not gonna uh I'm not gonna be like other moms um yeah yeah, so that's what really triggered me the most was how I'm gonna be like be the same mom to her that I'm sorry.
3: It's okay. It's
1: okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, that was my biggest concern was, uh, still being able to be there for her. Um, uh, but I do have a great big, uh, support system. Um, mm. uh, my dad, my brother, my aunt, <laughs> they have, uh, been there for me like this whole journey. Uh, I think my dad took it harder than I even did. And um just seeing that like that was another uh reason that I wanted to like keep fighting cuz I did want to give up a few times uh, but um seeing how it hurt him but he still was staying strong for me made me like realize that it was worth uh you know keep to keep fighting for Mm. uh,
0: what's your what's your daughter's name novella yeah it's really interesting that you say that about about your father you know because it's like you are going through this thing and and you in your heart you feel like your biggest worry is how this is going to affect novella right and and then all all the while you're seeing how hard this is affecting your father and and it, it's like it, we we've talked about this on the show so many times about how when we're going through something really hard it's obviously it's hard but it always seems like there's a part of us that that needs to work to make sure everyone else is all right and everyone else is okay and that's that takes so much work right it's such a it's such um it takes such a toll to like put that kind of work in. Um, But I can only imagine that, you know, novella played such a huge role in motivating you to push forward to, to figure out how to be there for not only for yourself, but to also be there for her.
2: Um, Do you feel like that, that was like having, having your daughter when you did, do you feel like that that's been sort of like a gift through all of this?
1: Yeah, definitely. Cause um, I've always wanted a big family, but um, because of everything that's happened, I don't know if that'll happen. So it's just like, wow, God is—he gave me a daughter like at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and I, and I do have her to keep reminding mm-hmm. me why I should keep going. And there's so much more than me losing my leg. There's so much more to having lupus. Mm-hmm.
2: So. I. I, I was just gonna say I, I imagine it's it's pretty tough. Like Jar Jar was talking about the fact that like it's hard for the person who's going through something to be there to support their loved ones. My mom had uh, bladder cancer and for a long time uh her and I struggled to talk about what her experience was like and, and how difficult the time was that she was having because she wanted to protect me from seeing her deal with and go through all of that pain and at the same time I wanted her to share that stuff with me because I wanted to be able to feel like I was supporting her going through that so it's like this weird sort of like dance between our emotions and ex- and Ooh. being open with expressing them and sharing them with one another and you know I I feel like through my experience ultimately it's better to like it, it's easier for more people to shoulder the weight of the challenging experiencing that experience that you're going through, if you're all going through it together, even though I haven't been in the experience of dealing with or living with um, a chronic illness or, or uh, going through the experience of like living with lupus and having an amputation and and, and wanting to feel that, that sensation of protecting. The people that are closest to me so it's it's this interesting really interesting dynamic like i can understand where you're coming from but also feel like it's so important to be it's so it's so special to be able to have that network of people around you to support you i guess in the end yeah
1: definitely um uh- yeah, she, she's definitely, she's like a helper. It was, like, built in her.
2: <laughs> she
1: loves helping me around the house. Um, like, I when I was throwing up last night, she was right there beside me, even though I didn't want her to be. Uh, she was just, Mommy, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's asking me if I need to go to the doctor. And I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm fine. But she's, she's definitely a helper. So... <laughs> in some, some way she's three and
3: she knows, she knows like why she's here. Did you find that, um, did you find that some of the, some of the things, um, you know, when you, when you lost your leg and you were having those, those worries about, you know, how you'd be able to, you know, if you'd be able to take care of your daughter in the same, you know, be able to be there for her. And did you find that, have you found that a lot of that, a lot of that is, a lot of the things that you thought would be a problem were 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 sort of just like really kind of mental barriers and that they didn't they didn't quite manifest physically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cuz I didn't think I would be doing half the stuff I'm doing for her today that I am. So, um like today i um, we're living in our own house just me and her. Um I'm able to drive her back and forth to the park like we're we able to do like normal stuff that I wouldn't, that I didn't think I was going to be able to be doing even a mm-hmm. year. ago. So. Mm-hmm.
0: We, um, one of our best friends who, uh, who is no longer with us, Brandon, um, he had cancer in his, uh, in his leg and lost his leg. He was one of the first people we've ever met who, who lost their leg right up to their hip. And, um, uh I remember the day where brandon got his his first prosthetic and how mm-hmm. how like life changing that was for him um I'm wondering is that uh, have you have you gone down that road like do have you do you have a do you use a prosthetic um what does like what does mobility look like for for you uh, living with one one leg uh
1: this is the interesting part <laughs> um i Half got fitted for a prosthetic. I do have one in the closet. I don't use it okay. <laughs> um, because it is all the way up to my hip. The way it's built is it's like a bucket that I sit in and it wraps around my waist like a belt. Whoa. <laughs> it's really, really uncomfortable. Cause it's like, yeah, like you know, do
0: you you kind of just swing it? Like, yeah. you know, it's like your 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 leg that you have you walk normally, and then the other one you kind of just like like a like a roundhouse kick out to the front, and
1: that's exactly what it is, and it is it's so painful it's it's like a workout, and I don't think it's making it any easier on my part, so I don't right bother with it as much anymore. I bet um, it's heavy
2: as fuck. Is it heavy?
1: Yeah, it's super heavy and that's another thing that's why I said it was a workout because I hate oh, yeah. like it feels like I have like a kid like my daughter's like dragging on <laughs> and holding me. so yeah I don't wear it at all anymore um, I get around my house in my wheelchair um, you know because I can still use my left leg and I stand up cook like that do everything else like that Um, sorry I know <laughs> um, <laughs> And then when I leave the house, I use crutches and I just kind of hop, um, on my one, the, my good leg and
2: Man, I, do, do, do your armpits get sore using crutches? I used crutches when I, uh, sprained my ankle really bad once. And like I, for like the first two days, it was amazing. And then I started to get like really sore under my armpits and it became very uncomfortable.
1: Uh, no, I haven't had that problem yet. You probably
2: but, have better yeah. crutches than I did though too.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. And I, I feel like I use like more of my hands. I all my weight goes to my hands instead of on my uh underarms.
0: Right. Yeah, so, Brian's no just lazy. That's what the problem is. He just he just slouched into it. Like probably stronger he slouch than slouched into I am. anything else in his <laughs> life.
1: Well I learned like it um a lot of my balance has to do with like weight shift, weight shifting. So Whatever is easier to weight shift on keeps me more balanced. So mm,
0: mm-hmm. do you, do you, um, do you have like, are they specialty crutches or are they just kind of like, they're just, you know, your normal everyday crutches that you would find at uh, well, I guess in your case, like CVS, we don't have CVS up here, but I've been to the US I know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, those crutches, the crutches that I actually use like to get back and forth to the car, they were actually my dad's. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, The crutches that I used to use with my prosthetic, they're like arm forearm crutches, and those aren't really good for balancing if I'm using one leg. So I don't use those. So I'm doing everything that I'm not supposed to be doing, but (laughs) it's working out for me. So that's what what really matters. So, yeah, they're like the casual, not the casual, but the normal crutches that you would usually see, like if someone was to break their leg. But I don't mm. think they're the ones that I'm supposed to be using. Right. Um, but in they work of, <laughs> in terms
2: of uh, having access to things like mobility devices and, and even like having a prosthetic build for you. Uh, I know that obviously the healthcare system in the United States is very different than um, what it is in Canada. And I'm curious in terms of like financial support and access to being able to things like a prosthetic or mobility devices, like, has that been, has the fun, has there been any like financial burden to all this or is this kind of just like, uh, you had insurance or access to insurance and it's been more or less fine.
1: Um, yeah, I, I am having, I am like, uh, my credit is pretty messed up because of the, um, bills that I did have for like, it wasn't even like five months. Um, I did used to live in California, and I did have insurance out there. Um, When I moved back to Indiana, I went um, a few months without having any insurance, but I was hospitalized um, for about three to five months. And um, so, yeah, those bills, they're still bills. Um, They did mess up my credit, like I said, Mm -hmm. um, until I did get Indiana insurance. So... so that was that's an annoying part about
2: the. it sucks that like you can basically you know be covered by insurance for like a good chunk of time and then not for a shorter period and then get insurance again but even that shorter period of time you're kind of fucking left on the hook paying these Mm -hmm. bills that then end up being something that you have to deal with for like I'm assuming that it wasn't a small amount of money just because like anything that you get done in the United States is, is expensive. So
1: yeah,
2: I, I feel for people who are in those situations, I just wish that it wasn't the way that it is in the States. Yeah. yeah it's,
1: it's, it was really annoying when I found cause I don't know, I thought it was like from something, I didn't really even know like why my credit was so messed up and I looked more into it and it was annoying. It was it's still annoying to this day. It was just like, I can't help that I was in the hospital. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and it, it was just, it was so, stu- it still is stupid to me. Like how. The system works, and-,
3: and is that, and is it because like it affects your credit because it's just like a, it's like a bill. It's like a bill owing. So, and, and so it just looks at that's, god that's crazy yeah
1: and I'm, I'm so young like i didn't even have a chance to ruin it myself it just,
2: <laughs> just i hear you you
3: didn't even get to ruin it in a fun
2: way yeah <laughs> dude fun. i ruined my credit in a fun ray- way when i was like 20 years old
0: yeah brian that's why you're on crutches sick boy podcast will be right back after this very short break um i are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice it's time to dig deeper and listen to america dissected from crooked media the podcast that's cutting into the science culture and policy that shapes our health from doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen america dissected dives deep into the state of health Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Another thing that we that we've been you know that that's that's been a big part of the sort of like social um, discord as of late is, and especially on this show, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, like social determinants of health and. And how race plays a role in the the like the quality of care that people receive. Um, people can't see you because this is a, a podcast, but you're you're a black woman. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it, in the U- U.S., the Canada has its own fucking problems. I mean, the U.S. obviously has a a, a host full of problems as well in in terms of the way that um, that blacks have and and continue to be treated. Um did you you know is that something that that resonates with you like did you run up in into any any issues uh, in terms of like the care that you've been provided yes, um, based off your skin color
1: yes uh inf- unfortunately, yeah, um, when I first got back to Indiana, I was uh an hour away from my where my family lived um and it was like this recovering center. And, um, I remember laying like in my feces for about like two hours before somebody came, and like changed me. It was like before I had the strength to get up, and where I was still recovering from the whole amputation, my body was still very weak, so yeah. I wasn't able to care for myself in that way. um There was a nurse who um would like just leave me sitting there um yeah, and um. I'm not really one to like say too much. Uh, been, a lot of it came from like, "Well, these people are taking care of me. I don't want to say the wrong thing." And then, you know, they're like, "My life is in their hands." So, yeah, I was—I tried not to be a bother, you would say. Um, but I do remember that I had to lay there for uh, very long. I tried not to think of it as like a race thing, but I did. Asked them to leave my door like cracked open. And I do remember seeing the same nurse that was in charge of me going into a lady across the hall's room and checking on her more often. Uh, I did have like those little bells, those uh, hospital bells Mm -hmm. uh, on the remote thingy. Uh, I did press it. I got ignored. Like they would just click it off and then try to press it again. Like 10 minutes later, they would ignore it and not come in. And I didn't know what to do. I remember um, my aunt came in to visit me one weekend. And um, I had told her about what happened. And she was just so mad. And she went, she talked to them. And I guess it never happened again. But just that one time that it happened, I was just really upset that, you know, yeah. it, was, it happened. And
3: I feel like I feel like you've got to be sitting, you've got to be in that situation thinking to yourself, I, I, are you are you sitting there going okay i'm noticing that i'm not something's a little bit different they're not coming in to check on me as often whatever the case may be and thinking to yourself and and are you are you coming up with are you coming up with all the other reasons that it might be like before you go to that because like you because like in your heart you're like god i don't want this to be yeah i don't want this to be about my skin color like i don't want this to be about but but going okay? Is it is it this? Could it be this? Could it be this? And then coming to like the conclusion, like the super super bummer conclusion that that this has to do with the color of your skin. Like, are, are you running through that process and hoping that it, that it's that it's everything but that?
1: Yeah, because it was the, the lady that was across the hall. She was elderly. So I was like, it's just because she's older. She may have something worse than me. Um, You know, she may have fell. I don't know. Like maybe it was something worse. Uh, Maybe it's because maybe it's me. Like maybe it's something else about me that she doesn't want to come in here or maybe it's her. Like something's wrong with her. She doesn't deal with that type of like she doesn't like to clean up poop. Like maybe it's that. Uh, You know, I was thinking like you said, I was thinking of every other reason before I finally came to the conclusion that it was. Probably, I still don't even want to think that. But yeah, <laughs> but
3: yeah. yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, you're. I, and that's the. And I guess that's the. That's probably the most horrible part about that is is you're never gonna be. A, you're never gonna go to that person and go, "Is it because of my skin?" And they're gonna. They're, they're not gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. they. They just. It'll never happen. And I think that's probably the got to be the most agonizing part of that is is there's never like a close. There can never be closure to those to those experiences because. Ooh. It's extremely rare that you're gonna run into somebody that is like,
0: Yep, that's what it is what was the what was the fucked up uh, Facebook post that that you had told Lorde about
1: um there was this nurse it's uh, where I live now. I recently had her i um last year two thousand nineteen I recently had her she's a head nurse um and I remember her face like Cause I had, I was in the hospital, I met it in there for like about a month. And, um, recently after all of this, um, stuff with Michael Floor happened, um, she had a comment on Facebook where, well, it was like a whole video where she was ranting, um, just saying like hurtful things where I was just like, wow, I didn't think I would ever hear that out of her mouth because I didn't, um, see it. Like I wouldn't have expected that from her because I didn't uh, receive any of that racism from her personally when I was under her care. But just to hear her say the things that she did say, I was just like, wow, like my life was in her hands at a point in time. And she really thinks that way about me or my people. Like it it was pretty, like, it kind of hurt, like that it came from her. So Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, definitely jarring and kind of fucked up when when something like that is like hidden and then revealed to you and and like in retrospect looking back and thinking about how fucked up it is to be under someone's care and then to see this other side of them.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's that's really fucked. And to not really know whether
3: it's better or worse that they don't that they didn't treat you, that like you know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's like So do you feel that way, and you're hiding it, Uh, like or like what is like I don't I don't know I don't know what's best. Yeah, like Like, is
0: there some fucked up ethical thing in your head where you're going? Well, I can't do this at work. I mean, at work (laughs) I gotta be I gotta be neutral. But when I'm at home and and on my keyboard, I'm going to make sure that I am you know who I want to be.
3: And you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doubtful at all if that is the case. I guess because I mean. A lot of people are a lot of people take on a different character when they get behind their keyboard and start uh using the internet. Um, people can get people can become people become people be really do become monsters on the internet and it is a it's a crazy place yeah,
1: it didn't really
0: work out for her because she ended up losing her job because yeah she got, of yeah. yeah that's fair you yeah. <laughs> yeah. got Karen yeah. She, got Karen. she was about to lose her job, and she did.
3: <laughs> I feel so bad for everybody in the, everybody in the world, hey, all, my, all including our, my all mother-in-law, all, all of our listeners.
0: Karen. Yeah, all of our listeners that are named Karen, we love you. Um, yeah, but uh, to all the Karens that listen, we don't love you. So, and those, and those are two very different things that I just said right there. So, uh, Aaliyah, I I I'm, you know, I I first of all, I I want to say. I want to say thank you for
1: for I don't want this to come off as um, uh, as
0: I don't want this to come off the wrong way, and, and, and because I know that sometimes people say this and and it it doesn't sit well, but it, but I really truly do mean this in like the the in the most um meaningful way i want to thank you for 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 being courageous enough to come on here and to share your story when obviously it is something that is like very raw that something that you're very much still in the throes of um it's you know as hard as it is to have these conversations sometimes it's it's so vitally important for for others to to hear the the hardships that we've been through and so i really recognize that like sometimes it's it's really easy for guests to be on our show and to like share their experience and sometimes it's not as not as easy and um so i want to like i want to thank you for the the effort that it takes to to be able to like put that in and to be a part of this community the way that you have been today. Um, And I also, I want to ask you a question that we, we tend to ask most of our guests and it's a two part question. Um, The first one being, you know, out of everything you've been through, so like the amputation and, and, and lupus, um, what would you say is the biggest thing that those experiences have taken away from you?
1: I don't think it's really taken a lot. Um, at first I like we discussed earlier. I don't know. I wouldn't have an answer for that because I think I'm doing everything that I would have been doing if I had two legs without lupus. Um, like nothing's really stopping me. Like I don't see anything like that. Bearing me from not doing anything that I could do with two legs or without lupus. Like, like, yeah. So I don't think I really have an answer. What, what would you say
0: then is the biggest thing that your experience with lupus and, and your amputation has given you?
1: Biggest, um, it's a mindset. Uh, Cause I tell you before this, I wasn't really, I didn't, Really know as much as I do now, even like just about myself uh I didn't know that I was so capable of so much um and even when you're saying thank you to me um i don't know i I don't think I'm doing anything that anything different than what anybody else would do if they were in the same situation. um I'm just mm-hmm. surviving, mm-hmm. doing what I can like, yeah. So, but thank you I, for saying that. I, I get your, well, yeah. yeah it's,
0: it's funny you say that because that's why I wanted to preface it with like, I know I don't want this to come off the wrong way because I know that, you know, sometimes people go, Oh, you're so brave. And, and the, the reaction oftentimes to the, from the person who hears that is like, I'm not fucking being brave. I'm just being me. I'm just, I'm just existing. You're, <laughs> you're, you, you perceiving me existing is this like, Is this achievement or this act of service? But when really I'm just trying to like live my life. And so, and that's not what I meant really. But I think, but you know what? I kind of do think that's what I meant also a little bit. Like, cause it's, you know, it's true. It's, it's, yeah. Well, I, for you to sit here and say that, that for you to sit here, and, and maybe it is like kind of inspiration porn, you know, like for you to sit here and say, well, it hasn't taken anything away from me because I'm just doing what I would have fucking been doing anyway if I hadn't had lupus or if I hadn't lost my leg, and and for me to sit here and hear you say that, I'm like, God damn, Jeremy, like take some of that on, take some of that on into your own life. Like that is that, that because it is it is inspiring, but also I fully recognize that you're just living your life. You know, you're not. You're not out here trying to
2: prove anything. But like my I would I would challenge that in the sense that like No, don't challenge it. Just let it let it be, Bri. I feel good about it. We've spoken to we've spoken (sighs) to a ton of people who have, you know, like gone into deep dark depressions after finding out that they are living with an illness or, you know, losing a limb, and have struggled incredibly with that. And lots of people struggle for lots of reasons in their lives. And I acknowledge that obviously this has been challenging for you in a lot of ways, but, but to be able to find that strength and that energy to even just do things as if you would normally do them Mm. is, is not something that is, 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 is to be overlooked in a way. Like I, I do think that I don't, I don't want to be inspiration porny either, but, but like it is, its um it is amazing that you are able to continue doing that and i don't think that it would be uh fair to overlook that
0: you yeah. know what it, you know what it is bry it's if if we were in Life the same is fucking room, hard yeah if we were in the same room together um i wouldn't have said anything i would have just high-fived alia and that would have been like that would have been my like expression of how I felt. But yeah. but I had I had to figure out a way to put words to it. And I because I can't I can't I mean I can try. Let's see what happens if I just you know, no, that doesn't do it. it. I can't high-five a fucking screen. It's just not nearly as as effective.
2: Um
3: But
2: yeah, my 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 point is is that is that we all like we all face challenges and mm-hmm. you know if you get up and you fucking live life each day and you make it through a day that's an accomplishment
0: yeah yeah that's right well Olivia, uh thank you thanks for taking the time out of your day today to sit down and and shoot the shit with us it was really nice to get to know you
1: thanks for having me i enjoyed this and yeah part yes. of what you guys were saying earlier uh it is the reason why I reached out to you guys because I have learned that my experience has touched a lot of people and there's, it's another reason why I should keep going because I can inspire a whole bunch of other people. So yeah, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. I enjoyed this. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and Like we always do. We'll be back next week with another wonderful conversation. And in the meantime, you can support the podcast uh, by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review uh, or do that whole Spotify thing. Just hit follow. You don't even have to rate and review the podcast. You following the podcast is a rating and a review for us. We're just going to assume it's five stars and all positive stuff. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. do that because that's even better. Uh, And you can also support the podcast on our Patreon. Taylor, why don't you give them the deets on that? Patreon.com/sickboy. Love all of
3: our patrons. Um, you guys are an amazing community. We're doing hangouts every week. We get free. You get free access to our well, free. I mean, you got to give us some money for us, but then you get free access to our digital live shows. Um, our Patreon, our Patreon members have been just the bee's knees since day one. Um, thank you so much, everybody who has uh, who has helped us out. Again, if you want to do that, Patreon.com/sickboy. slash
2: and thanks to Jeff Lonis, our uh, manager, and our daddy, our daddy. Mm-hmm. Thanks to our uncle Lauren Sankey, who is also the co-producer of this show, and thanks to Donovan, the meerkat Morgan, for the amazing sound design. Um, Donovan, I love the term "inspiration porn." And I'm, I, I'm curious what that sounds like. What does that sound like? Because yeah. I feel like it sounds kind of magical. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, if I was to wake up each morning and look at inspiration porn for, like, some, some inspiration to, you know, put a new quote on my wall or something like that, this is kind of like the, the sound that it would sound like in my head when I was looking at that. So um, thanks, Donovan, for making it sound like that right now on the show.
0: That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy.